and the clock has started. And welcome to That Pixel Life. This is episode 170, recording on December 12th, 2021. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we are discussing the Game Awards. Uh, some more NFT BS that... I, why do we keep talking? I guess it's weird, but I don't know. We keep talking about it. It's going to mean something at some point, probably, right? Right? Uh, anyway, to do this, I have with me, as always, Justin Feeling the Season Carter. It's your boy. You know, I uh, I celebrated uh, today doing what we do pretty much every year by putting up all of our Christmas decorations the week <laughs> before Christmas. Yes. The, the tree is up. Um, I'm no Zach Anderson, but I do have, we got a little light up Stegosaurus from uh, um, Target and stuff. It's got a little present nice. on its back, a little nice. Santa hat and stuff. It's super like cute. It. Um, and a bunch of dinosaur ornaments and stuff. Our tree is pretty much dog, dinosaur, and like assorted other bullshit themed. We didn't put any of like the traditional, like, oh, we have little red and gold little balls. It's like, nope, fuck that. We have enough normal, weird ornaments that we picked out for all the dogs. That That's our tree this year. Awesome. Awesome. You got a, uh, got, well, you, you're very self professed to, uh, way ahead of the Christmas curve. So I find it interesting that you wanted to get everything wrapped out and all that, but not necessarily decorated. Well, see, and if I didn't have four dogs and a cat who all like to fuck with the tree, that's, Mm. that's the big hesitant part is, and it'll be interesting tonight to see what all is still left there in the morning. So do you have the big baby gate like set up around the tree? No, because um, like it's honestly not that bad. Like it's not usually that bad, and I feel like putting the baby gate up would just draw more attention to it. Gotcha. Um, okay. Because a lot of like what it is usually it's just like the dogs will like rub up against the tree and like knock ornaments off. Sure. Uh, occasionally with the ball ornaments, I have seen them take them off the tree and run outside. But since we don't <laughs> have any ball ornaments this year. Um, hopefully that's not going to happen. And then Oswald likes to just lay under the tree and then try and like pull ornaments down. <laughs> so see, I, 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 I'm looking at bunny Bunny's like the one I see going, uh, going ham on some Christmas trees. You know? Well, yeah. And then now with the, uh, the little, the little stegosaurus by the tree, I'm like, man, I don't want them to think it's like a toy or it get pissed on or something. Sure. So that's like my new concern this year is will this thing still be alive tomorrow morning when I get up for work? <laughs> cats man cats and christmas trees so dude Os- oswald used to every when he was a kitten he was really bad now he's like too fat to really get up in the christmas tree but when he was little dude he would be up in the tree he would eat the tags off the christmas presents under the tree and then barf nice. them up like back onto them and stuff <laughs> like it was Jesus. all the time chew on the uh the christmas lights and then they wouldn't work anymore <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah kitten teeth and and wires man it's just it's a bad scene. I've lost some controllers over the years. Yeah, headphones, way. controllers, oh, yeah. uh, the power uh, cord for like our internet modem multiple oh, times. <laughs> like, You're like you damn animals. Why? 
Um, well, as you can tell, Mr. Shannon Moore is not with us, but there is good news. This is the last week that should be the case because uh, he seems to have shifted back to daytime shifts. So we don't, uh, we no longer will be recording while he is making elevators, which is nice. Because, uh, you know, as much as we like Shannon, I'm not waking up at three in the morning to record a podcast. So uh, we are happy to report that that should be the end of this road and we will have Mr. Moore back with us soon. Uh, on the horizon, we have some game of the year stuff coming in. God, Justin, what is it like two weeks? Dude, yeah, if that, like, yeah. it's coming It's coming up pretty quick, and I, think... I gotta say, I need to work on my list, like, my list was already pre-done a couple months ago, but I've probably played, like, four or five games since then, yeah. and I honestly think uh, Forza is gonna make the list. I feel like it almost has to at this point, with how much I've been playing it. Really? And, yeah, so I, I don't know how high on the, I feel like it's probably honestly gonna be, like, I don't think it's gonna break top five, mm-hmm. but I, could, I definitely see it like being in like the six through 10 area. So I kind of need to go back through and maybe restructure some things in my list to uh... this year. I think I played the most games I've played in a long time. Like looking at the list of everything I've played this year, yeah. I think I've yeah. played like easily like 30 plus games this year, which is I, a lot. I kind of agree with you. It's been, it's been an interesting, um, it's been an interesting year because there's been so many, it's like when you step back and think about it, it's like, Oh man, there really not a lot came out this year. But I don't think that's true at all. It's just a lot of smaller stuff came out this year. Yeah. You know, like like the good Pokemon game was Pokemon Snap. It wasn't a mainline Pokemon. You know, like Loop That Hero, is very true. Loop Hero and Inscription were like huge games for me, but those weren't like AAA blockbuster games in yeah. any way. So, yeah, you know, it's it's, yeah, like I forget Ratchet and Clank even came out this year. I played I played Subnautica Below Zero for like a month and a half and kind of forget that it existed this year. You know, so it's like it's one of those weird. Also, it's going to be 2022, like in my brain half the time. I still think it's 2020. So I think this is just kind of it's just been a weird year, man. All in all in all. Dude, it really has. And I mean, it has been the last two years have just been great years for playing games you know with covid and everything going on like i think that's really why you know you're not really getting out and like meeting up with a bunch of people and stuff you're staying Mm. home and meeting them online and doing stuff playing uh back for blood and second second extinction yeah second extinction uh but i will tell you man and i mean we uh we'll talk about it later guardians is gonna make my list dude see i'm actually see i'm it's like weird as it is to say, it's like I'm super happy that at least with all the like you know with the kind of bad aftertaste that like the Avengers game mm-hmm. left in a lot of people's mouths and stuff. It's like I'm really excited that you know a good Marvel game came out this year that was like really well received and not like universally hated and slept on. Well, you know what's funny is so I had played like two or three hours of the Avengers and just stopped was like oh okay that's what that is got it nah, i don't really need to play anymore and like other stuff had started to, like forza came out and things like that and mm-hmm. i'm like okay i'm just gonna move on and then mike miller had the same thing happen to him where he was telling me he's like yeah i played like two hours of it and so and i'm like where did you stop and he told me and i'm like holy shit that was like right where i was like yeah that's good 
I'm, I'm good. And it was like, we both stopped at like the exact same point. It was really funny, but it's just something about that game, man. It just people, it's, it, they make it way too easy to bounce off of, you know, like, and, and it, the thing guardians has that Avengers doesn't even it's like Avengers. You look, it's like, Oh, the characters are way better. The power sets are way better. The combat is definitely better than it is in guardians. But the story is what pulls you through in Guardians. You're not, it's like you don't necessarily care about the trappings of the story. It's in that, it's, that's why I call it like an elevated telltale game because it's like, yeah, I will push the buttons to keep the story going. Like, I don't really care about, like, the combats get to a point where it's like, ah, do I have to? Okay. Like, all right, just give me the next narrative beat, please. Like, <laughs> I just need to know what's going on. And the Avengers just didn't have that. So like when the rest of it was subpar, it was like, well, this is easy to stop. I think I'm, I think I'm good walking away here. It's fine. So, but yeah. And then, uh, and, oh, and then uh, another game we'll talk about when we go to the weekly consultation, uh, is a, a game I saw beaten and completed by an eight year old this weekend. And, uh, it was nuts, but we'll talk about it. In, in yeah, the... I I just counted and yeah, I've played 27 games. I mean, I know I've played more than that, but mm-hmm. for like ones that actually came out this year, like I played 27 so far, which I think oh, is I've, pretty good. And I still have, I still haven't put Death's Door on my list yet, so uh, Did you pick up uh by the way, we didn't talk about it last week, but did you pick up Loop Hero on the Switch? It came out. I saw that it did come out. I have not picked it up yet. Like that's one of those like I know I will, like, because I do want to get Loop Hero yeah. on Switch, and of course I still need to grab Death's Door on uh, on Switch. The Switch too. Well. It's just so hard, like, dude. With honestly, just with Game Pass, like, I I know I've kind of slept on Game Pass for like the longest time mm-hmm. and stuff, but I've been putting so many hours into Forza, and then just like everything else that's been, and like hearing how good Halo is, like, I'm like, dude, am I honestly gonna have to download Halo yeah. and play right, I'm gonna, it? I'm gonna spoil the the back back into the show justin you're gonna have to download halo like god damn it I, it's, it's I really to, that good it's know, really it, that good it's just, like, i need to like figure out how to like because right now like Ford's is taking up like about 50 percent of the hard drive on the xbox so it's gonna be like i'm gonna yeah, have to do like a mass yeah. exodus of games to just even fit halo and it'll be my forza halo machine and that's it but you know i mean shit Could i forgot worse. to yeah, and I was just thinking Game Pass. I don't. I forgot to put Psychonauts two on my list. Like Psychonauts two was amazing, and that came out this year. Yeah, like Psychonauts. Uh, pro tip is is on my game of the year list. Yeah, so yeah. and and it should be. That game is fantastic. But um, well, speaking of game of the year, Ju- Justin, should we talk that's about a, a little game? That's awards? a good transition. Oh, I, I am very excited to talk about the game awards. So the game awards was last Thursday. Uh, the Jeff Keeley spectacular. Um, and it's just, it, did you watch any of it or did you catch up? No, I, I legitimately watched it. I watched the pre-show. I watched IGN's like shitty thing that they were doing yeah. before the game awards even started where they're like, yeah, well, uh, you know, we might see some breath of the wild too. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, You're you not, really yeah. think Nintendo of all people who have their own little direct thing that they do would give you the time of day to show their new game. Like, no. Right. I was like, you're not seeing anything from Nintendo that you haven't already seen. And like, and that's a and that's a great segue because guess what? You saw nothing from Nintendo during this entire show. There like they, were they didn't win a category. Nope. 
Which yeah. is that is hilarious because in yeah. the family game category, all the games, but one game. Yeah. It was a Nintendo game in the family category, and that one game, It Takes Two, won the family category. I'm like, yep. you lost in your own category. Like, dude, that's so upsetting. I, I don't blame them, though. I mean, like, WarioWare, like, the games that they had listed for the family, it was mm-hmm. It Takes Two, Mario Party Superstars, which is really just, a, like, a reboot of the Mario. So it's like, okay, sure. I get that. It's not really new. New Pokemon Snap, it's like, okay, I don't really, can like, a family game, like, yeah, it's family-friendly, but it's not like the entire family's playing that together. I will push back on that a little bit. That was a huge game in my house. Like, one person would play, and everyone was watching and calling it out. Like, that was was a big family game in my house. But, to your point, it's not a what you would consider, like, hey, everyone, let's play a game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so when I think of like that, like when you're looking at a lot of these games, like it takes two, like it's two players, like Mario Party Superstars, you know, up to four players, like uh, WarioWare, I think you can have like up to eight people or something like that. So it's like, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, but Super Mario 3D World, four players. So it was just interesting that like Pokemon Snap was on there when that's like the only one on the list that's a single player game. Yeah. But weird, weird year. Weird but yeah, there. the only other things they showed was they had like a sizzle reel clip of a bunch of stuff that already came out and mm-hmm. then a sizzle reel towards the end of like the 2022 slated stuff where they just showed like quick clips of, again, Breath of the Wild 2, Bayonetta 3, um, a bunch of stuff that we already knew was pretty much in the works coming out like next year. So yeah, it's uh, it was it was conspicuous how much he nintendo wasn't represented you know and i feel like that's because here you know in the first probably two months of 2022 we will be getting a nintendo direct and that's what they're saving all their footage for sure well i mean okay i take that back nintendo did win one category that was best action adventure with metroid dread which i agree like i mean it, it, it beat out guardians of the galaxy ratchet and clank uh, Resident Evil Village and Psychonauts 2. So, stiff competition, you know? No, it was. But people people that have played Metro Dread, and I am not one of them, I will admit, it's not it's it's a blind spot for me this year so far. Uh, people love that damn game. So, I'll be I'll interested. tell you what really disappointed me was mm-hmm. in Best Art Direction. I mean, I haven't played Deathloop, but the fact that it beat Psychonauts 2 for Art yeah. Direction, I was like, dude, yeah. that was the one, like, I was. that's why I wasn't too sad when uh, Psychonauts 2 didn't win um, whatever category we were just talking about, the, the, the action-adventure game. Because yeah. I was like, oh, dude, they'll easily win Best Art Direction. And then when they didn't win that, I was like, oh, man, yeah. I was like, dude, they were robbed yeah. for that. That I I kind of don't see how they can not win that category, but it yeah I like I said I don't know, but uh, yeah interesting it was an interesting setup I mean it takes two one game of the year over Deathloop Metroid Dread Psychonauts two Ratchet and Clank and Resident Evil, um I don't want to know why Resident Evil was on that list to be honest it just kind of doesn't seem to belong there I would have much rather had Forza on that, um. But, uh, I mean, you've, you've been playing It Takes Two. Do you th- does it feel like a game of the year contender? Um, so, so far, I mean, and I'll talk about it when, with what I've been playing, but I, mm-hmm. I am genuinely surprised 
how much fun I was having playing it. Like, I honestly knew nothing about the game like at all. Like, I hadn't seen trailers for it. I had anything. And then the most mm-hmm. I saw of it was on the Game Awards. And that was, like, the first time I was really seeing it. And I was like, huh. So then I down it's on Game Pass, and then yeah. so I downloaded it and played it. And yeah, I was like, I'll talk more about it during the game thing, but I'm actually surprised at how much I kind of regret sleeping on it as long okay. as I had. Kind, of, kind of like Forza. Like I regret yeah. sleeping on Forza for as long as I have. So well, that's good to know. I, I should that means I should probably give it a shot here. Um, and the other one I wanted to to bounce around with you was the best ind- independent game. So. Kenna Bridges Spirits won Best Independent Game over 12 Minutes, Death's Door, Inscription, and Loop Hero. Uh, and being someone that has played all of these except, uh, well, no, has played all of these, uh, it did not deserve to win Best Independent Game. I mean, no, ins- I, Inscription, in, Inscription was the Best Independent Game this year. Like, I, like, 100% agree. I was surprised. I'm like, dude, out of all of these, I'm like, one, I was like, really? Like, Kenna is... Like, yeah, sure, an independent game. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, that's that's like saying 12 minutes is an independent. I was like, both of those are walking a real thin line when you say yeah. independent game. When, like, the other three games on the list all have, like, teams of, like, a handful of people. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and also, in you know, as someone that has played them all, Inscription was just the best game from all of them. And, and the most game at the same time. Like, it was, like, Inscription is fucking insane with what it pulls out within the game and outside of the game. And the fact that it all just works is a miracle. You know, when you look at what this guy was trying to pull off and he did it and it's insane. Um, But where I do agree though, is in the debut indie game, Kenna won over Sable, Artful Escape, Forgotten City and Valheim. It's a thought I had while I was playing Kenna over and over and over again was this is amazing. This is astounding. I can't wait to see what this team does next. Yeah. Because, because it wasn't all the way there, but damn, they were close. Like they're like 90% of the way there. And, and so I kind of agree with giving them the best debut because the whole time you're like, whoo, man, this game is so close to just nailing it, but they're, just a little off here, just a little off there. Needs more polish, more this, more that, and and so for, in that way, it it felt like a really good debut from a from a team. But but to your point, I mean, sure, independent. How how you know how how much do we want to stretch that? Yeah. Term? So and, and I I am happy if, uh, even though Forza wasn't in like the game of the year category, they did win best sports racing um yeah. you know they won innovation which they 100 and accessibility which they 100 percent deserve i mean dude they have like uh sign language in that game yeah it's nuts and, it's... and audio design like the especially yeah. dude all the audio options the fact that like certain parts of the car you can make louder than others and stuff like it's the amount of detail is just insane so they deserved to win all of those for sure for sure and then um what what I thought was interesting, and I wish Robbie was here to talk about this because he's played uh, pretty much all of these, I think, was uh, Returnal won Best Action Game over Far Cry 6, Deathloop, Chivalry 2, and Back for Blood. And from everything I've heard, like that's the one Deathloop should have won. 
Because, yeah, I like, was really surprised when they said Returnal one. And I was like, yeah. really? Like, it's like, huh? Okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not hearing it, but sure. Like, and what's what's interesting is like, you know, these are all media publications that voted on this stuff, and that's how the votes got tallied, and that's where they're getting these winners from. I don't know about you. Every podcast I listened to talking about Returnal was just like, man, this game kind of sucks. It's just so hard. It's just so brutal. Like, blah, blah, blah. And the save thing sucks. And and I hope they patch it. And then they did and all that. But it's still one of those, like, it was not the glowing, man, this is a game of the year type thing. I don't know. What was weird, like, I saw it all over Twitter the week it came out and then never again. Yeah, and then <laughs> so, poof, poof, gone. Yeah. And then it was gone, and then like, there was like remnants of it, but it's like I don't hear anybody still talking about it. And you know what's funny is Deathloop kind of had that too, where it's like yeah. that first week to two weeks Deathloop was out, people were raving about it, and then and then it just dropped like a stone out of the conversation. Just the zeitgeist left it behind, and it never caught up. I'm actually, also, actually it's just... funny. I, I'm going down this list like all these games did. Far Cry, <laughs> Back for Blood, like they're all like one week wonders, you know. <laughs> um, and, I'm, and, I'm all and, I, oh, good, oh, good. Sorry, I was, oh, I was just gonna say I was also really happy that uh, Cyberpunk did not win Best RPG yeah. or Best uh, Sound Score for Music. I was like, what? all right, That's what I don't think. What? Why? Why is that even there? Like, come on, what are we doing? I was like, were we that desperate to like pad like some of these categories that we were including well, Cyberpunk in them? And also, Cyberpunk didn't come out this year, did it? Didn't Cyberpunk come out in twenty twenty? I I honestly couldn't even. I swear, I thought it came out beginning of this year. Now but... I got now I got to look it up. Yeah, I was um, like, no, it was, it was really... released September seventeenth, twenty twenty. Yeah, but maybe they're counting it because it was pulled off the market and uh, re-uploaded yeah. back on re- reintroduced maybe or something. I don't know. Maybe that's how they figure it. But still, you couldn't find one other RPG to oh put in there. Fifty like fifty plus games come out like every single day. And I mean, can... just pull Shannon Switch and pick a random game. Like, come on. Um, but I, the last one I'll talk about that I was really happy about was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy won Best Narrative. Because Which, that is, from everything I hear, they, they deserve that. They did. They absolutely did. It is one of the best stories I have played in a long time. It's the reason you play that game. It absolutely pulls you through. The amount of dialogue they've written in that game is astounding. And, and also, it's just so well acted. You know, when beats happen in the game, there's moments that absolutely could be taken as completely cheesy, completely over the top, total train wreck, and they deliver. They knock it out. Like, it comes across earnest instead of, like, stupid time and time again. And when you look at what you're doing and the settings you're in and all that, it it could have gone bad so easily in that game. And, And they just nail it. And it's really impressive. So... I was really happy about that one. Now, did you watch the game? Did you watch like it as it was airing or did you watch any of the trailers, the reveals yeah, that they I, were doing? I, I went and caught up on the reveals afterwards. I was, I watched about an hour of it right when it started. Um, so I saw the whole, like, you know, at 
it's, it started at five o'clock my time. And at four 45, they're like, here's all the esport winners and are just like unloading all these awards that no one gives a shit about, you know? Um, but I, I think it's funny how that program is now like totally just, it's almost comes across as like a parody of award shows. That's what I don't understand is I know years ago they were like, Oh, well they wanted to do like this and have this and whatever to kind of like solidify the game awards mm-hmm. and make it like a legitimate thing. And I'm like, but you having like an Imagine Dragons concert in the middle of yeah, this yeah, is right. doing the exact thing that people fucking hate about the Oscars and yeah. Grammys and all that stuff. So I'm like, why would you do this when you're literally just trying to get on the same shit list that all these other award things are on? I mean, it must just be the money of it all. You know, like it's got to just be like, here's the formula to how to make money at an award show. Let's just do that. But it's like, um, I know on Twitter and stuff, I, I like follow a bunch of game people and stuff. And like mm-hmm. people who work on game audio were all over Twitter pissed that like, that they're like, oh, best audio. Like, and it was during the pre-show that they did like the yeah. best soundtrack, best audio stuff. And they didn't even have time. They won't even read the nominees. Just like, here are the nominees. And then they're like, the winner is. And it's like, yeah, because you're just sitting there. Because right, you're telling me in the three hours that the award show was. Yeah, you didn't have time to do all of this because you were too busy. <laughs> doing a like imagine dragons concert and you know have the gillette razor guy come out and do a fucking kickflip into the odd like yeah or or the you know you need jim carrey and the voice of sonic doing a super awkward back and forth for 10 minutes exactly yeah god did you see that part that was i did see that part that is what the children of this world call cringe (laughs) um that that one hurt I'm like, just play the Sonic 2 trailer and get off the fucking stage. Just please, please leave. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So should we talk about what they, what, and the real reason people watch this thing, the announcements? Yeah. I want to talk about some of the things that excited me. Uh, First off, we're getting Alan Wake 2. Hell yeah. That's where I wanted to start too. So good. Like, I was like, what is going on? And then when it showed, I'm like, oh shit. And then it's like, Alan, and they're like, yeah, we're doing straight up survival horror. And I'm like, yes, yes. Like, I wanted to do like a fucking cartwheel in my living room. Well, it's funny because when that started, I w- at first I was like, is this a Matrix game? The way that it had like the city and the rain and all that stuff. It looked very like Matrix. I was thinking Silent Hill. I was like, dude, is this like finally something from like a new Silent Hill game or something? But, but then it like hard cut to the like northern Washington forest town. And I'm like, oh, I know what this is. Give me Alan Wake, you bastards. Yeah, I was I was so excited. I was so excited. We don't know much about it other than it exists. And it's coming. My guess we'll probably see that in 2023. So <laughs> I'm hoping at E3 we get a bigger slice of what that game is. But yeah, I am hype. And let, and since we're invoking the name Silent Hill, can we talk about Slitterhead? Uh, yeah, I was very I was very interested, and I'm like, uh huh, like this looks very creepy, like yeah. very gory, and I'm here for it. So to, uh, Toyama, the, the creator of Silent Hill, created a whole new game studio uh, basically because Konami wouldn't let him make games anymore. And this is the game they're coming out with, which is Slitterhead. And man, I it, that trailer, you know, businessman walking down an alleyway, what looks like a lady of the evening comes out to talk to him. And next thing you know, she's like some 
insane skeleton monster with a human face and is trying and is like eating him. And then and then there's like boots on the ground people. So is it, it, it feels almost Resident Evil-ish. Like maybe it's an action title more than a straight up horror title. Because... Because they're looking like to be big battles with these monsters. Yeah, like I'm kind of like rewatching the trailer now to refresh myself. Yeah. And yeah, I kind of get a lot more like kind of evil within kind of yeah. vibes and stuff where it's yeah, more yeah. kind of action based. Like, regardless, that monster design was messed up, dude. Oh, yeah, no, Megan Oof. was like very not about it when <laughs> it came on the screen. Like, you can just fast forward this part, please. I'm, I'm good. Um, I'll tell you the part also- I. Oh, I was just going to say, and we finally got some gameplay for uh, Justice League. uh, Yeah. Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Which which looked pretty rad. Um, Looked like you could jump from character to character. And they all have their own abilities, attack abilities, and all that. Um, The Flash looked to be infected or something like that. I'm not familiar with, Uh, like, the DC universe all that much so so to my because i also question this and Mm -hmm. to my knowledge from what i have heard basically that's kind of the premise of the game is the fact that brainiac has kind of taken over and he's like um taken over the justice league basically and has possessed so that's kind of what's going on so that's why uh the suicide squad has to be the ones to take out the justice league because all the heroes have been like incapacitated by brainiac gotcha yeah, and then I did like the part where uh, Bloodshot's trying to shoot and uh, Flash pops up right next to the gun. He's like, why don't you just hand me the bullet? It'll be easier. <laughs> It'll be faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, but yeah, it looked like good dialogue, good back and forth. I was with that. Uh, you know what game I'm has sold me? I mean, I was sold before this, but even though it's going to frustrate the hell out of me, goddamn Elden Ring, dude. Ooh, Elden I mean, Ring, bro. Like I've been excited for Elden Ring, and yeah. the more I see it, um, it, it reinstates to me the fact that it's literally less than three months away. Yeah. And I mean, it looks astounding. It looks crazy. Like, it, essentially, th- what the trailer they played uh, during the Game Awards was a lore trailer. Like, it was essentially just a big piece of world building. And... In typical from software fashion, it was like, yeah, two minute long trailer about the lore, which confuses you more than it helps you about the lore. But apparently Mm -hmm. there's a uh, demigods that were battling and taking each other out and uh, might have killed death in the process. I'm not sure. There's an empty crown that someone needs to claim and you could be the one to do it or something. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? But it looked beautiful. The from software people have just, they've, they've got this thing down. I don't know what it, whatever that thing is, they got it. So sign me up. Um, Wonder woman is getting a game from the shadow of Mordor people. I mean, all we got was a real pretty render of wonder woman and her armor and the lasso of truth. And that was about it. So who knows what that game even is. But uh, uh, sure, we all one. we also got some uh, Sinuous Saga Hellblade Two, yeah, footage, which play. has been a minute since we've seen that. Yeah, yeah. and that dude, I saw all over Twitter. Everyone was like, "Where's the gameplay?" And I'm and, like, "Man, you obviously haven't played the first game if you're asking that." Well, and and what was funny is uh, 
it was major Nelson or it might've just been the Xbox account that like took one of those and was like, that is the gameplay. You're watching someone play the game. And it's like, when you see that footage, it's kind of insane. Like how oh, yeah, seamless, how it's seamless it is. Constantly moving like nonstop. Well, and it's, you can tell it's mixing essentially cutscenes that are in engine with gameplay, but it seems to be mixing them just seamlessly. Yeah. Like you're just dropping in and out. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see what that means as far as like a f- cinematic feel while you play. Cause that first game had it, yeah. but, but it definitely had the times when you would drop in and be like, yep. Okay. I'm playing. Oh, okay. I'm watching where the, uh, the, the trailer for the sequel, it, it was hard to find those lines where you were like, okay, I'm playing, I'm watching. It was just kind of, yeah. It feels like you would need to stay ready. <laughs> yeah, you like, never yeah know. there's no like pulling out your phone to like go on Twitter real yeah. quick. Yeah, like there's no load time. It just immediately, it's like, nope, you're there, you're in it. And it is that game is dirty and gross and and uh, and juicy. Like there, there was all kinds of bad things happening in that in that fight against the giant baby demon thing. I don't know what that was, but. <laughs> But in the end, it looks like it needs your help more than it's not trying to kill you. It's trying to get to you. So uh, I'm interested to see what that is. Now, I don't see it on the little thing that we're looking at, but there was mm-hmm. a indie game that they showed called Have a Nice Death. Did you see the trailer for that? I did not see that. Here, I was like, I got it. Boom. Ready for oh. you. Because this was honestly the game I was most excited about that they showed. It looks very Hollow Knight. Um, Metroidvania, you basically play as death and, but you're like cute. The art style is kind of, for whatever reason, the art style, like I kind of skipped ahead in the trailer for you, but they do a whole kind of intro thing with it. It kind of reminds me, the art style kind of reminds me like Grim Fandango and stuff. It looks very kind of double fine-ish. Um, but like you have the scythe and like you can throw it and it's almost like on a string in some parts and you're like kind of whipping it around everywhere. Um, it looks like really charming and fun and uh, I'm a sucker if you don't know by now for Metroidvania games. So I'm like, yep. I'm like, give me that. I want it. It looks gorgeous. Well, and anytime you have like a cute grim reaper, I'm kind of yeah. in, you know, like, and the fact that this trailer starts with like him just punching a jack-o'-lantern in the face. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm Let's like, go. put it on the switch. 1999 instant day one purchase. <laughs> Yeah, this this looks like a legit game. And you're the Grim Reaper and you got a side doing a bunch of cool stuff and you hit things and numbers pop out of them. I'm I'm good. Yeah. Like that looks yep. fun. Um we also finally got to see some uh, DLC for Cuphead, which it's been a oh, minute yes. since they actually announced the Cuphead DLC and that we've seen anything and they actually showed a lot of the uh new bosses and uh the I don't remember what her name is, Mug Girl. I will tell uh, you though that that is one of those things where I have uh, permanently moved that into. I'm not going to think about it until it comes out because man, I, it's been what f- four years since they said they were, that was coming out or something. It's been an insanely long time. Yeah. This- but it's one of those things too, where I think what they, I'm assuming what ended up happening is almost the same thing that happened with the initial Cuphead game and why that took so long is, well, one, the art in general just takes forever to do, mm-hmm. but it's like what they set out to do. And then it's like, they wanted to do more. And then like it expanded the game. Like originally the game 
was literally like the original Cuphead game was just boss fight after boss fight after boss fight. That's like what the game was. And then yeah. they added the dash level. They added a whole bunch more on top of it. And I feel like that's probably what happened with the DLC was it was probably just going to be, oh, like, you know, three, maybe four more bosses. You get the mug or you get like maybe mm-hmm. do something else. And then now they're like, no, it's basically like almost the second game yeah. <laughs> attached to the first game is what you're getting. I mean, they did uh, kind of shovel night it a little bit here mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like, we're just going to make the DLC a game. Um, Pretty much. What about uh, Star Wars Eclipse? That Chronic dream game. Looks in- I am intrigued. I'm not normally like one. I'm not Robbie to be like, oh my God, mm. a new Star Wars game. But I will say I am interested to kind of see since we got very vague, like what they showed was kind of, they didn't really show like what you are doing or really tell you like the story or anything. So they showed enough to pique my interest. Um, so I'm interested to kind of see what the game actually is. Yeah. Kind of with you. I'm like, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. And then, uh, so I have a question for you. It'll be one of the last things we talk about here with Sonic, the Sonic frontiers trailer. Do you think they purposely aped the like breath, breath of the of wild? wild? Yeah. Like, do you think they did I it on feel, purpose? I Cause I mean, like they had to, cause there were like, moments there's... in that trailer. You could almost draw one to one like comparisons to Zelda no, like when, the, him when they're the doing the side, vis- like, I'm yeah, like, yeah. when they're looking at the vistas and everything I'm like I've seen this before except it was Link standing there not Sonic yeah. no I guarantee you they knew damn well what they were doing but that's the thing is it's like they knew what they were doing and it's like if you're going to do that then you have to do it to such a high level yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna like mimic something you have to mimic it like to the highest point otherwise it just comes off as you know, a shoddy imitation and it'll be interesting. I mean, Sega, as everyone knows, is kind of known for putting out bad Sonic games, but I know I've seen a lot of hype on Twitter for an open-ish world kind of mm-hmm. run around, so, which, you know, if you're going to go fast, you know, uh, open world to run around in is probably the best place to do it. I'd be really curious to see how that works though, because you have to design your entire open world around going fast. Yeah. Like that's the thing is you can't just, if you look at it, like you need, you need Forza the way it's set up to just go, 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 go. Like if you did it in Zelda, it's like, Oh no, then you hit a building. Then you hit a mountain. Then you hit something in your way. Like you can't, you have to design the whole world around that, which I mean, would be very cool if they can pull it off. Uh, but yeah, in that trailer, I kept waiting for like the dumb thing to happen to like break it. Yeah. You know, like it's like, oh, look at this total breath of the wild. Ah, and then like, you know, a fart noise or something to happen. Yeah. And it's like, nope, they just played it straight the whole time. Or he's like sitting there like, you know, in the grass and then like a mechanical spider attaches to his arm and he gets like a gun fucking mech hand. And uh, then it's like, yep, yeah, there we go. <laughs> like, All right. All right. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that'd be hilarious, but yeah. And then, uh, and then there's the halo TV show, which I, you know, man, after playing halo infinite, I'm in, I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm back. Like, give me all the halo BS. I'm, I'm good. Like I'm back in, uh, at least they got me enough to at least watch the first show, you know? Um, we're also finally getting Tunic. Uh, that was shown forever oh, right. ago, and it's basically like that's the, that's the Zelda 
like yeah it's gamer. very kind of like a link to the past or even yeah, Link's yeah, awakening yeah. now with like the fun art style but we are a little fox and that's coming out february 11th but it's like that was shown like easily like probably like six years ago yeah so, so I'm, I'm good with that and then the last one it was i mean it probably won't excite anyone but me but dune spice wars which is supposed to be like a 4X real-time strategy game based off Dune. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. The game that got me into RTS was Dune Battle for Arrakis on the Sega Genesis. I fucking love that game. I still love that game. It's a very simplistic, by modern standards, RTS, but it was great. And that like had a great balance between th- the three houses and unit construction. And so that for me hit a super specific nostalgia note where I'm like, God damn it. I'm going to have to get this game. I know I am. So Dune Spice Wars. I'm, I'm now following what is happening in that one. So I will report back when, when I know more, but yeah. Dune. You're like sign daddy up. And it's funny because I don't really like Dune, like the books or the movies. I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, Take it or leave it. Yes, <laughs> endworms, you know, spice, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, but that game, man, whew, it, it got me. So I guess that uh, kind of wraps our Game Awards coverage. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about this Ubisoft NFT shit real quick? Yeah, I was like, I mean, we can touch on the fact that... Like, I don't understand with all the negativity around NFT. I I see stuff on NFTs every day on Twitter. It's basically like what Facebook was like a couple years ago with all the political bullshit is like what Twitter is right now with all the NFT people getting their art stolen and even like using dead artists art and stuff and like flipping it for like a quick buck. Mm-hmm. and then now like you know they're trying to like put everything on the blockchain and then now you know comes out ubisoft is uh, making some nft thing that you have to earn by like playing like x amount of like an absurd amount of time in their game or something to like earn this thing and it's like dude like why like what what is what do you even really gain from this like why not just charge like five bucks for it like you do everything else and make someone buy it yeah it, it's one of those things for me that I, I think it's hilarious that they did it to what, what ghost recon breakpoint. Like yeah. who's who the fuck's even playing that game, <laughs> you know, which, which leads me to believe that this is just, they're like, we're just going to throw this in there and see what happens. Like it's a super low stakes. No one's playing this game anyway. Yeah, well, we'll just see what how it goes. And Ubisoft is is the company that's like always in there first. You know, like they had 18 Wii shovelware titles when the Wii first launched. You know, like they're they're, yeah. they're always that company that's like, I just got to get in there. Let's just let's just see what happens. Let's throw some money at it and see if we can make some money. Um, it is not going over very well. Like they are getting just crushed by this in in the social media worlds. So it'll be interesting to see if they make any headway in this at all. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, Ubisoft. NFTs. Fuck this dumbass bullshit. Um, hey, can you put a quick edit point in real quick? Mm-hmm. My dog is whining and I think needs to go outside. I'll be right back. You got it.
Well, all right. So let's talk a little weekly consultation. Um, hey, Justin. Yeah. Hey, hey, Zach. You really got to download Halo Infinite, bro. <laughs> I know we've I know we've mentioned it, but man, man. So Halo does two things that I really appreciate. They basically drop you into the story and don't explain anything that's going on. Like they kind of assume, you know, who master chief is and who Cortana is. And that's about it. They're like the game opens. uh, No spoilers. This is the opening cinematic. The game opens with you getting your fucking ass handed to you by Atriox. Who's of the banished. Um, which if you didn't play Halo Wars 2, and I think I'm one of the only people that did, you have no idea who the Banished are or who Atriox is. You get tossed out into space. Uh, some One of the last human dudes finds you, the biggest fucking wuss in the universe piloting this pelican finds you and uh, saves your life, powers your suit back up, and you get the sense that it's been months since Atriox threw you out of the plane. Then you've been floating in space or threw you out of the spaceship and you've just been floating in space. So it's been months that you've been out there. And, uh, it's hilarious. So you get powered back up and they, they kind of just instantly let you know you're back. Like you're back in old halo now, like, come to the warm hands of halo one and halo two. Like let's all just forget four and five happened. We can put that past behind us. No one remembers those games anyway. We're just going to. And so your pilot has a pistol with one bullet in it. And you're like, well, I've got to go back on that ship. There's stuff there. I need pilots. Like you're going against an army with one bullet. And he's just like, it'll be enough. (laughs) <laughs> and jumps out the back of the Pelican and you're, you're hopping across space junk. And next thing you know, like he's turned that one bullet into like a full arsenal. By the time he gets on the thing, he's just like raiding bodies left and right for their weapons and stuff like that. And uh, so the first two missions that take place in space are essentially just your getting you're trying to figure out what happened to the halo ring, the Zeta ring that you're around. Uh, what happened to all of the, uh, the military forces that have been decimated in your, in your absence and getting back to the ring to fig- to get the weapon, which is essentially Cortana's replacement. And that's it. Like they don't go through any lengths to tell you who the banished are. They're just the bad guys. That's who, who humanity was fighting. They don't go through any lengths really yet to tell you, like I'm eh, three or four hours in. They haven't really said anything about Cortana other than like, she went bad. What happened? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, gotta go, gotta go shoot people. Um, you know, like, it, I don't know. Do, 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 do. Yeah, exactly. And there was one moment where that is literally a conversation that happens. Like the new AI is talking to you she's like, I don't like, I mean, I understand the mission and I understand that like something happened with Cortana, but what happened? 
Like, I don't have what happened. And the mass chief's just like, not saying anything. And she's like, is it classified? Is there a reason I can't know? And then stuff starts blowing up and he's just like, we'll talk later. And it's like, that, that conversation literally happened in the game. It's hilarious. Uh, but no, we're back to Master Chief doing just like the hardcore one-liners of like, you know, I don't like our odds. I don't like their odds. You know, like that type of stuff. And it's it's wonderful. <laughs> there's So there's a moment, though, where you go, because the first maybe two hours of the game are very linear. So they've se- they're selling a, an open world Halo for, for all intents and purposes. But the be- game begins very linear. linear. You are going down hallways, you are going through ships, uh, but then at one point you need to clear out a landing zone on the Halo for your for your Pelican, and that kind of starts the open world part of the game. And you go through, and you clear it out, Pelican lands, and he's like, great, I got you guys back on the ship, let's get out of here, like we can still go home, you know, like this guy's just trying to get the hell away from this ring and go back to wherever home is, uh, which also, they don't clarify does that mean earth oh um he's like okay i got you and and the ai is like oh look there's like some forward operating bases that the humans ran around here it looks like there's still some people out there and and the guy's like no 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 no. i don't want to like we're not doing this we're not doing this and and he's just like mark it all on the map and i see you know you know does the like uh ubisoft you climb to the top of the tower in Assassin's Creed thing, yeah. like oh, all these icons suddenly populate on your map. And he's like, mark it, let's go. And the guy's cursing at you and all this stuff, but your plane starts taking off and there, and you're hanging on the like strut of the open bay door on the back of the Pelican, watching the world like fall away from you as you're flying up to the, the next place. And the OG Halo one music kicks in. And you've just spent two hours like kicking ass and taking names and like the total old school Halo power trip fantasy that like, yeah, you are a one man army that like people are deathly afraid of because you're that fucking deadly and you've just proved it over the last two hours. And, uh, and when that first Halo soundtrack kicks in as you are flying away from the landing zone, you just cleared it was just the best. It was the best moment. It was like, hell yes, they've nailed this. Like, yeah. Um, taking the nostalgia away from it though. <sighs> it's, it's actually a fantastic shooter. Like it's a really good shooter. They've modernized so many things in all of the right ways. Um, it doesn't feel just so plotting and clunky like halo can feel sometimes, you know, like, they made that game where you really feel like a thousand foot or a thousand pound dude clumping around in a seven foot tall suit of armor sometimes. And it's like, yeah, you move slow. Like you just kind of crunching forward and, but by giving him the grappling hook, which is the big innovation this time, which is hilarious because I mean, grappling hooks have been around for 20 years in video games. Yeah. And like doom's like, Hey, look, we did this. And then Halo's like, you did what? (laughs) You did what now? Huh? Um, but yeah, so giving him the grappling hook adds a speed to movement in that game that I, I you can't go back. Like it's kind of like when you first put wall running in and Titanfall, 
and it's like, yeah, I can't ever go back now. Like I just, I need wall running at all all times in my shooters. And it's like, now it's like, now I got to have the grappling hook. Like in Halo, I need the grappling hook. And once you power it up that you can like grapple into people and it stuns them and you just, next thing you know, it's a thousand pounds of death coming from above and you just smash him in the face. It's, it's the most satisfying feeling every time you do it. And, uh, and then you can get, once you power it up a few times, the cooldown on it uh, goes away by a lot. And so now you can really use the grappling hook to like climb mountains and stuff like that. And you can really just scale buildings and it's, it's fantastic, dude. Like you can do the just cause thing where you grapple the ground in front of you (sighs) to, to, to move like super fast. And then, there's a sprint slide. Like if you hit B while you're sprinting, you'll do like a slide on your knees mm-hmm. move to get under doors fast and stuff. So you can chain it together where you'll grapple, slide, pop up, grapple, slide, and you can just clear territory so fast. Like the, the, it's one of those where, I mean, sure, I guess the mongoose or warthog would be a faster way to travel, but it doesn't feel half as good because driving sucks in those games and it always has. But the uh, the grappling hook is is amazing and and it's very much has the far cry thing to it where it's like okay you got to clear out this base and now it's your base and now you can call in vehicles from there and and you can rescue troops and now you have more troops fighting alongside you as you go into these bigger battles and stuff like that um, but it it also has the far cry aspect of you just kind of can find stuff as you're wandering around, like you'll find little encampments here and there that have, you know, like status points. And cause, Oh, by the way, there's upgrades now, which Halo's never had before. So you can upgrade equipment and do all that stuff. Um, and it, it, it's not obnoxious. There's like the grappling hook you can upgrade. There's a shield upgrade and like an enemy detector upgrade path. There's three things so far that I found. So it's not like you're going through like full RPG mode of like, I'm adding to my strength and I'm adding to my defense or anything like that. Or like I'm getting better gear. Uh, I will say the gear in the game, every gun rules, man. Like there, there's some weapons in there that it's just like, where has this been all my life? Like (laughs) there's this like Magnum type gun, uh, like hand cannon type gun that has two huge spikes on it so you so anytime you melee with it you're just like stabbing people in the face it's it rules it's so good um but yeah i i just can't wait to play more halo like i know i'm a halo fanboy and all that but i love the fact that they just kind of eschewed all of the bullshit and we're like you'll figure out the plot or you won't either way it's going to be awesome you're going to shoot a bunch of stuff you're going to use a grappling hook just go out there and have some fun and it is hella fun. Like it's never not satisfying to get in those firefights. So, and it's not, I'm, I'm playing on uh, normal, just my first time through. It's not insanely easy. Like I've died a few times. There's a couple firefights where you'll get popped in the face by a weapon or a rocket or something for coming around a corner that you didn't see. Uh, one of the first big uh, boss battles I came across was an elite that was like torturing people for information. And uh, that thing was super annoying to fight because he basically cloaks himself. And it's it's a big tutorial to teach you how to use the, like, enemy detector upgrade. And uh, that, that boss battle sucks because he is super armored up 
and it takes a long time to whittle him down and he can one shot kill you. So not, not the funnest of battles, but, uh, but it's also very beatable. Like it's just, it's very, you just have to find the, the right tactics to use, you know, but, uh, yeah, man, Halo infinite, you got to get on that. I'm excited. I mean, it sounds like it. And at the, uh, I, I think with the, you talking about how great the grappling hook is, I think is also mm-hmm. pretty, so like I am a sucker for uh, being able to grapple stuff yeah. and just jump like over to someone and then just bludgeon them to death. So and like cars will drive by and you can just grapple the side of them and go to the, get on it. Like it, it rules. dude. It's like, you can do so much dumb stuff. That's really fun in that game. It has that, it has that total sandbox vibe to it, but it's all purposeful. It's all feeding towards something. Yeah. So it's good in that way. Um, I mentioned it a ton on the show already. The other game I'm playing is guardians of the galaxy. I'm really bummed that I didn't finish that game because halo is taking up so much of my playing time right now. Like I probably could have finished it today if I hadn't spent all day playing halo and I, I got to see the end of that game. It's so good. It's just so good. Uh, yeah, people are getting leveled up. You're going. I'm taking on a a, a space cult, as it were. Uh, things are happening within my own team because of it, that are stuff to keep keep uh, you know pace with and and fi- figure out and and it's just rad. Like it's just so good. Uh, I really want someone else to play it so I can talk about the story with someone because I'm gonna hate to spoil it. Um, I know Shannon's been playing it. You know, that would require him to be here, but. (laughs) (sighs) But, you know, hopefully next week I can talk about it. I'm going to I'm going to put the pressure on him to actually finish it so we can talk about it. Um, And uh, other than that, Justin, what have you been playing? So this week I played. So I played a little bit of um, Magic the Gathering Arena with the new the alchemy finally came out on arena oh how was that so it's interesting like i played a little bit of it um because logging on like even just booting up arena you actually get they give you a bunch of stuff like alchemy has its own booster packs and stuff and they give you booster packs they give you a bunch of uh the rare and like mythic cards and like the new cards that are specific to alchemy and stuff you get a lot of those and so i played i built um an alchemy deck i built a red green um deck that has like the gold span dragon and azika's cherry like a lot of the best cards like that they just remodified for arena and stuff so i wanted to use a lot of those cards to test it out you know to kind of see like if those changes they made and i mean i did really like when i actually hit my like land drops that i needed you know, that deck actually did really good. And then there was times where I had, you know, all mountains and I needed forest. And it's like, well, <laughs> I guess uh, we're not playing magic today, boys. <laughs> and then I'd proceed to get my shit kicked in. But when I actually hit land drops on time, since it's a slow build deck of, you know, once I get up to like four or five lands, I'm, I'm set and I can cast mm-hmm. everything. But if I'm sitting there stuck on three lands the entire time with a hand up full of four and five drops. Probably not going to win. Yeah, not 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 too successful usually. But, you know, for all the negativity that they were receiving, really 
there's only like maybe 10 actual cards that are currently in standard that they changed for alchemy and mm. everything else is just brand new cards so they made okay. it seem like they were well wizards kind of themselves made it seem like they were changing a lot more than just like the 10 like best cards in standard basically that have been deemed like problem children and stuff in standard that they decided to modify to make them less broken um so so what are so what are the ones they've like brought over that are slightly changed so there's a handful of cards like one of the big ones is uh this card it's called uh Auron's epiphany it's mm-hmm. a blue card it's a take an extra turn spell and what they did normally the way the card originally worked was you can foretell it which is where you pay the two mana and then it gets put into exile and then for its foretell cost you can pay that to basically play it from exile and you get two one one bird tokens and then you get an extra turn Um, so what they did was they made the foretell cost more so it's like you can cast it for the normal casting cost which is like seven mana or whatever but they made the foretell cost even more to make it like less busted that's what a lot of the blue decks would do is they'd foretell it so like the best thing you could do if you had like a black deck or something would be to use discard or like duress or something to pick apart your opponent's hand to get it out of their hand since Mm -hmm. you can't counter it you can't do anything to basically stop it but by foretelling it you know on turn two they can get it out of their hand and you're never going to be able to touch it Um, so by like making the foretell cost more and stuff it kind of slowed the deck like slowed that card down a little bit so it can't pop off as quick into extra turn into extra turn into extra turn like it wants to do um and then with like gold span dragon uh normally it makes all treasures that you crack crack for two mana instead of like getting just one additional like mana to your mana pool you would get two okay. and normally the way it worked was when Goldspan either attacked or was targeted by a spell you got a treasure and Mm. they switched that to instead of they got rid of the if it's targeted and then so only when you attack with the card do you get treasure so like someone casting removal on Goldspan doesn't generate you mana anymore gotcha okay so they did that and then like a luminarch aspirant or whatever it's like a two mana white drop where normally the way it worked was at the beginning of combat you get to put a one one counter on whatever creature you want and they changed that to now at the uh end of combat is when that gets to happen so they kind of slowed it down so it doesn't like immediately like you know oh this thing all of a sudden now becomes like a two, two or three, three, and then goes in the combat. So it kind of like slowed down when that happened. So it's not as aggressive as it was before. Well, that's cool. I mean, that makes those changes make sense at least. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it's confusing the fact that, you know, it's a paper format and then, you know, there's digital and they're kind of changing the way that these cards work. But really, like I said, they I they made it seem like they were changing like, you know, like 30, 40 cards for this alchemy format when really it was just like 10. Yeah, yeah. So and, it seems like they caused a lot of panic for no real reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that was really cool. And then I also played the new Mario Party, Mario Party Superstars, which <laughs> was a lot of fun. I went over to my friend Tanner's and me, me, Tanner and Matt all played Mario Party together and it was cool getting to play some of like the old maps from like two 
and stuff mm-hmm. like that. A lot of ones that's like, dude, I honestly don't remember a lot of the, uh, like, I remember some of the games, but like the maps and stuff from like the N64 era, like most of what I remember is from the GameCube like <laughs> era and stuff. So it was like interesting getting to like re like play a lot of like the old maps and old games and stuff there. One of the ones which I don't remember if we were talked about it before, but there's like the where it's the flames, it's like the flaming jump rope. We played mm-hmm. that one, and dude, that got so intense. Like the <laughs> C the CPU got knocked out like right away, so it was just the three of us, and we were all in the. It was going so fast, and it's like you know we're just waiting for that next person to drop, and it was me unfortunately. As soon as I got hit, I was like fuck, and then like two seconds later, um, Matt or whatever got booted or whatever and then tanner won so it was like one of those where it's like i knew as soon as one person lost like it was immediately gonna domino the whole thing was gonna fall apart yeah so it got pretty intense and then it's like i ended up winning all the bonus stars at the end and it still wasn't enough for me to actually win because tanner had 15 more coins than i did so i was like damn it and now and now you know why mario party's the worst (laughs) i know but it's like even if i didn't get those bonus like there was no way i there was so many times where it's like i thought i was like oh dude i'm in a really good position and then it just went shit real quick Mm. Uh, but that i mean that was fun um so the two big experiences so forza 5 i know talked about it a lot but i finally got to do multiplayer uh Ah. me me and shannon last night hopped on did some forza multiplayer and goddamn, was that a mess! Like, I, it was not oh, no. a fun experience oh, no. at all. So, literally, the first, so you know, all you basically do is you create a convoy, and then you're able to access when you go to do races or whatever on the map, like that you want to do the street, the Baja, the drag, whatever. Mm. Then you can do co-op. Well, what happened, the very first race we tried to do, I joined Shannon's convoy. He started the race. Uh, I was sitting there in the menu, like, seeing, like, oh, here's me and Shannon and then the other CPU racers, whatever. Uh, I was stuck on that menu forever. Shannon was driving, and he said that I was apparently driving or doing what I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, I'm sitting at this menu. I can't pause. I can't back out. Like it, I have no ability to do anything but sit here. And I thought, okay, well maybe once Shannon ends the race or does whatever, then it'll finally kick me out and back to the overworld or whatever. Nope. It never did that. I did get some points, I guess, for getting like some sort of place and Shannon ended up winning the race. So mm-hmm. it was like kudos on everyone, but I got to do nothing. So I had to literally like f- hard quit the game like uh, go to the home menu, close it out and reboot the game in order to get back. And I was like, dude, this sucks. So eventually after that though, we did get to do some races and stuff. And I got my ass handed to me every, like not playing with Shannon. I'm able to get first and (laughs) do whatever. Every other race I got dead last every single time. Except for one race. I find the last race of the night. I finally got like, fifth or sixth place and i was so happy that it just wasn't dead last like because you get zero points for being dead last so i was like so does it just is it scaling to whoever the higher rated driver is in the group i'm 
I'm assume like I would have to assume so. And my thing is like I don't even think it was really the drivers like fault. Mm-hmm. The my biggest issue was to I've gotten so accustomed to like oh if I man I took this corner really bad I'm just gonna rewind really quick and try that again. Uh, so the way that works when you're playing with someone else because I was like how would that work because I'm like it's not gonna just I'm like am I just gonna jump all over the fucking map when I'm rewinding? Sure. I don't know. Uh, and that's basically what happens is when you rewind, like the CPU, everyone else, they keep going and you just rewind. You're by yourself. So really rewinding is not beneficial, I found, in any way unless you like royally fuck up. Yeah, like, unless, unless, you're, you're, unless you're like a dead, dead stop. Yeah, like, unless you like rolled your car three times, like 30 feet off the map, like it's bad. But for the most part, it's like, man, if you take that bad corner – you're better off just to keep going than attempt to rewind and then when it stops and rejoin like to try and do it again. I'm like, you're just losing time because time's not stopping. So you're just wasting your own time at that point to try and recover. Gotcha. And the last race we tried to do was the I unlock I've unlocked all the areas now in the game, and I unlocked the final one for Mexico, which mm-hmm. is the Baja, whatever, which I guess is like this lamborghini like s2 like we were racing against uh bugattis and shit and we were both in lamborghinis like racing and a that race ungodly long and two driving driving the lambos was so hard like both me (laughs) and shit me and shannon were fighting for 11th place like the entire race and you know the computers wouldn't finish the race like until like we got closer like the i think that's why the race seemed to go on forever is because both me and shannon were in last and it's like the race wouldn't stop until like one of us i think crossed the finish line and then that's when it would start the clock and then it's like okay it's over and so the fact that we were both sucking so hard it was literally like it felt like a 20 minute race (laughs) that we were doing because i just kept totaling the lambo and missing checkpoints, and I'm just like, God damn it. And then you have to like restart. Was just, oh, dude, it was brutal. And then the game crashed once. Like, it just the whole game, just I don't know why or what happened, but uh, just force stopped. So then I had to reboot the game again. So overall, it just was not a pleasant experience. Like, I was like, dude, I'm probably gonna have to redo this Lambo race without Shannon so that I can yeah. rewind anytime I fuck up and actually get a good time and win. <laughs> And actually crawl forward a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, but it was, it was fun playing with Shannon when we actually did get to play. But yeah, overall I was like, I was super excited to like, Oh dude, I want to do, you know, Forza with Zach and Shannon and whatever. And then now that I've done it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not really interested in in doing that ever again. (laughs) After that, I was like, cool. I tried it out. It wasn't for me. I'd rather just, play this by myself yeah. <laughs> like at go, this point i'm gonna go back to my single player experience please yeah thank you um, yeah and so speaking of uh games that aren't single player experiences the oh, last game nice. i <laughs> yeah, i nice. learned from the best oh. you know uh the last game i played this week was the you know it takes two which mm-hmm. i talked about earlier in the podcast you know, didn't really know anything about it going in uh most of what i learned i learned from the game awards and so I was like, all right, I knew it was on Game Pass, though. And I convinced I showed Megan the trailer. And there's this uh, book that is like a love book, like on like how to like fix your relationship, whatever book. And he, it's this he has like a suave mustache and like fun, like 
you know, uh, Latino kind of accent mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's like, hey, 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 hey. And I showed Megan the trailer. And that that is what sold Megan on playing the oh, game really? with me. She's like, I love this guy. Like, all right, I'll play the game because he seems fun and it seems entertaining. And because we've done a lot of kind of co-op games together before. And, you know, most of them are kind of like puzzle-based uh, stuff, which she's not really into. It's like, I'm like, no, you're, you're doing it wrong. And she's like, okay, well, why don't you just do it? And I'm like, well, that defeats the point then, doesn't it? Like, I need you mm-hmm. to do this. And so um, I wasn't sure, like watching the trailer, it seemed more actiony than it is like puzzly. So I was like, all right, you know, so I think that's also kind of what sold her on it was the fact okay. that it was more like action mixed with puzzle stuff than it is just straight up like you're in a level like pushing stuff around to figure it out. And so we played it. The general story is you're playing as there's a daughter and then there's mom and dad and mom and dad are through the process of getting a divorce. Mm hmm. And you like finally kind of break this news to your daughter. And of course she's really sad and she like goes into like this little like basement area, like under the stairs. And she has like little dolls she made of her parents and she just wants them to be friends. And she like cries on them. And then when her tears hit the dolls, that's kind of when the game actually starts. And then the dolls come to life and your parents now are kind of in like a sleep comatose kind of state or whatever because now they inhabit the dolls and the book or whatever that she was kind of like oh this relationship book by doctor whatever that i don't know how or why she has i'm assuming they'll explain that later on but he becomes kind of the narrator and he's like well in order for you guys to go back you kind of have to work through this process and so each chapter or whatever of the game is kind of like a different hurdle like relationship hurdle and it's like a different chapter in the book or whatever of like oh like trust and you know Mm. uh, build like communication and doing this and a lot of the game that i've played so far i was genuinely surprised like it controls really nicely i'm of course playing as the dude and megan chose the woman the wife uh mom in order to play and both you know move the same but no one feels really different um and then but they get different roles like later on like there's like one part where we're like working through in the garage and stuff and you're small and there's like boards and stuff uh mom gets the it's like hammerhead and the hammer's like oh like you need to get me to the toolbox and so (laughs) like an actual hammerhead not a shark okay Yeah. yeah yeah like an actual head of a hammer and it's missing the handle and so she has that on her back and then you have a nail gun And you only have like one nail though. And then, so you have to get these other nails, but there's parts where you're like at the distance and you're trying to, you have to shoot the nail into the board and she has to use the hammer head to swing with the other, the backside of the hammer to get Uh, across stuff. But as you get like more, you get up to three nails and then there's like areas where it's like, Oh, you need more than three nails. And so you like have it, and it does the God of War thing where you can call the nails back oh, and okay. you can you can single them out. Or I think if you just hold the button long enough, you'll just like rip all them out at once, which I accidentally did to Megan once while she was <laughs> swinging from one. And it's like, well, uh, then you're gone. Uh, like, looks like so, we're starting this over. Yeah, but it's cool because, yeah, there's parts where it's like, OK, like you have to kind of figure it out. And it's like, I need to rip this nail out and then move this here. And you have to kind of time stuff right and there's parts with the vacuum like the first boss is like this vacuum that you fight and there's like 
going through the garage, there's you're going through vacuum tubes and there's parts where it's like someone has to sit on top of like a vacuum hose and angle it like upward or something to like shoot you up at an angle so that you can like get up here to like hit the switch to reverse the suction of the vacuum so that now the other person can like go through and stuff. So it does, it does some like really cool, the way the level design is done too is really nice. And it's really cool how there's like parts where it's like, Oh, you know, you go through all of this, but then you end up in this kind of area you were before, like the way everything's connected and works is done really nicely and really smooth. Mm. Uh, art wise, like it's, it's a fair, like for like a double a game and stuff, yeah. you know, obviously it's not going to look like some triple a, like whatever, like the character models, like, you know, the hair and stuff, you know, kind of looks very PS4 y and, you know, it's not like by any means like a next gen game, but you know, it looks nice. Like I don't have any like really complaints about it, but I I'm excited to play more. Like, of course I kind of get the feeling of where the story is going to go. You know, sure. they're going to, the whole thing is about like fixing this relation, this broken relationship and, you know, coming rising above to like become family and stuff. So it's like, I'll be interested if it takes any sort of like twist from that. Mm-hmm. but you know the as far as like gameplay goes it's a as far as like a co-op game it, it's a fun co-op game like i enjoy it. megan enjoyed it. like she's willing to play more with me so i would like to actually get to the end of it <laughs> that on, that on there is a is a win you know? yeah yeah the fact that like she we played it for a couple hours and she wasn't completely sick of it and was actually willing to play it more with me like tells me that you know it's fun it's a good mm-hmm. game like and it's one of those things too, like, because there was parts with the platform. Because Megan's not great at platforming and stuff, where it's like she like would die multiple times, but it's not very punishing when you die and stuff. So it's like it's that's the nice part too is like if someone like I feel like honestly your kids could probably play it together, and even though some parts might be hard, yeah. they would eventually get through it because there's no real like oh like you have this many lives and then you have to start over or whatever it's like when you die you go back to this like checkpoint that's right there and stuff so it's not super punishing in that way well that's good and you know at the uh, low cost of free on xbox game pass you know it's hard to pass up that is that is a great price i will say that so yeah game pass the real winner of 2021 (laughs) seriously um well have we hit some uh have we hit spoilers in I think we've hit spoilers. I hear the sirens. Yeah, I was going to say the the, the sirens have have kicked in. So let's go ahead and talk a little Hawkeye episode four. And uh, man, you put Aquaman King of Atlantis on here and I don't even know what that is. So we're we're going to we're going to break it down. So thank you for joining us uh, as we enter into our spoiler zone. Uh, Hawkeye and Hawkeye. I, I didn't see this coming, but Hawkeye is becoming like the second best Disney Plus show after Loki. It really is. It's been a lot of fun. I'll I'll admit I kind of thought this episode, like after episode three with the car chase and yeah. stuff, that's kind of what I consider almost like the peak of the show mm-hmm. so far. So this one was like very slow and it kind of picked up towards the end yeah. uh, with the, at the apartment and stuff. So it ended kind of on a high note, but I felt like the episode kind of was a lot slower in the beginning 
Um, it felt to the beginning. Three. The beginning felt like a lot of building towards yeah. the finale. It was like laying the groundwork out. It's like okay, we got the conversation with uh, Eleanor and the fiance. And then laid out the like, okay, the fiance is the CEO of the company that works for the Kingpin. Um, you get Eleanor making the phone call where it looks like she's talking to someone that might have brought in Yelena to solve this problem. That's that's kind of how I took it. Was like, oh, she called, made a phone like phone call to who who knows we don't know who, but then a Black Widow shows up to take out Clint, and it's like, oh. Oh, okay. I know who she called. She called someone to, to solve this problem. Um, now that who, if that person's the kingpin, I don't know if that person is, uh, uh, was it Contessa? Who knows? So we will, we yeah. will find out. Yeah. That's kind of the feeling I get. Like, I would not be surprised if her mom like knows that her boyfriend is like in cahoots with King. Like, I'm pretty mm. sure she knows that he's like into some illegal shit and stuff and kind of just like does the like, you know, Breaking Bad, like Skylar, turn the blind eye kind of thing. Like she's like, yeah. yeah, I know he does some shady shit, but he treats me right. So we're just going to ignore all the shady under dealings and stuff that he does see, and just dance the night away. See, I would go even I, I go even more with that, that she is part she's, of it. she's actually the power on the throne. And I'm thinking that dude is just like the puppy dog in love going with anything she says, you know, like he might not even know that he's running a shell company for the Kingpin yeah. type thing, you know, that's true. But she's, uh, you know, there, there was a reason his uncle really didn't want him to marry her, you know? So I, I I've got a feeling it's going to be one of those type of things. So we will find out, but I definitely feel like the mom, uh, has way more invested in this than, uh, than she is letting on. Well, yeah, especially, you know, the actress they picked to play the mom. I mean, she's a pretty big actress, you know, she's done Bates motel and Mm -hmm. movies and a lot of other TV shows. So the fact that they picked like a bigger name person for her role, tells me that she probably has like a bigger role than what they've kind of let her have so far. Do you think maybe she called uh, Sharon Carter, a little power broker? Dude, she might've even called Mephisto and was like, yo, Mephisto. Hey, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Come get your boy, Mephisto. Like, let's do this. Um, it was cool seeing Yelena show up though. I'm, I'm down to get the Black Widow in this. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting how they drew the parallel to... Kate falling off the building to uh, Nat falling yeah. to her death. I was like, oh, okay, that was that was good. I like that. And that's also kind of like the vibe I get too is eventually, because, you know, obviously she's going to come in and probably be the new Black Widow, mm-hmm. and then Kate's going to take the mantle of Hawkeye. And I almost kind of think that they kind of want to have Kate and her become kind of best like Nat and Clint yeah. were. And have them be like besties eventually. Like something's gonna happen to where they'll bond and they'll have like a weird kind of fun relationship, mm. like Clint and Nat did. So which would be fun. Which would be fun. Uh, okay, who's whose watch do you think it is? See, that's so hard because it wasn't Avengers. Like I would assume Tony's. Like, See, my my thought is I think it's Clint's wife's. Like I think she's someone. Like dude. She, Homegirls out there speaking German, 
Well, yeah, like, that is that is also know, she, true because he's the one that called her to get the GPS coordinates yeah. of the watch, so she knows what she's, she's working, doing. She's working deep intel. Like, I don't know who she is, but she's someone. You know what I mean? And and it's one of the like she's tied in. I'll put it that way. And he goes out of his way to say like it's someone important to me that is out of the life and that would compromise him if that information got out and stuff like that. And so I'm thinking, Oh, is this, is this your wife's watch? Is that, is that what's going on here? His wife was Ronan all along. (laughs) She was, she actually wasn't snapped. She just snapped mentally and was killing people left and right. Um, Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious. I'm a little scared though, that there's only two episodes left. They've got a lot of ground to cover. They've laid out a lot of things that they have two episodes to, to tie up. And yeah, they do. I think I heard that the next like episode five, I think is supposed to be like an hour long. Well, that's good. I hope they're both an hour long. Cause he's, he's yeah. like, he's like half hour ones. It's one of the, I'm like, I don't see it, you know? Like, I will say, I think the biggest thing that this has going for it versus like all the other ones is the fact that there's, there's not too many branching storylines. There's pretty much just one, consecutive storyline that you're following like you don't have the falcon and winter soldier problem of okay well you're you're seeing like what bucky's doing and then you're seeing what sam's doing and then now there's this like fight club like cult thing and like they have stuff going on and this has stuff going on and so the fact that there's just like nope there's tracksuit dudes that probably work for kingpin like that they're all connected to this one cohesive storyline it's going to end with clint and kate drinking cocoa with Clint's family on Christmas. <laughs> like she's going to get him there. And, and I, I'm convinced now that Kingpin doesn't show up in this show. You know, like they've, they've, they've teased a, a bunch of stuff that I just don't think happens in the show. Cause they're out, they're out of runway at this point. It's like, they have to start, they have to start nailing things down and you can't like, you can't introduce the Kingpin now. Like, I just don't think it works. Yeah. Like, I think it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's going to be heavily, it's been alluded to and stuff, but I don't think it's not like he's going to come out of the shadows and be like, hello, Clint or something Mm -hmm. like that. But I, I could see, you know, the after credits stinger in the finale being Eleanor and Contessa, like being like, okay, let's get our team together, you know, or something like that. Yeah but I don't think you're going to see us agent in the show. I don't think you're going to, you know, like none of that you got, you got Yelena. That's going to be where it ends. I think. <laughs> and I'll be curious if she shows back up. That could have yeah, been a one honestly, quitter, you know, like, like, or I could see her showing up again, but like in the last episode, like I mm-hmm. don't think we'll see her episode five. And I see it being kind of like what they did Falcon and Winter Soldier, where it's like, you know, she's going to come in for like the final fight or something like that. Well, and they need, they still need to turn around uh, Echo because Echo's getting her own show. So they still need to turn that around to where like she's not just a pure villain or doesn't just want to kill people. You know, like, so they've, they've got legwork. They've got, they have to, they've got a lot of to do in very little time to do it. And it's scaring me. Yeah. I'm really hoping they stick the landing. Me too, because the show rules. So tell me, tell me about Aquaman. All right. So uh, my friend Troy, I didn't even know the show existed. Honestly, I never saw it on H. It's on HBO Max. 
my friend Troy, who's a big DC fanboy, he's mm-hmm. the one that brought it up, watched it, and said it was really good. So I was like, all right, like I'll check it out. It's three episodes. Uh, each are like 44 minute long episodes. It's animated. And the whole general premise of the show is it's Aquaman's like first day as King of Atlantis. And so he's going above and beyond trying to impress all the Atlanteans. And like, he's like trying to be the best King he can. He's like, man, he's like, you know, I really want to, you know, impress them. And it's like, they do not give like two shits about like anything (laughs) that he's doing. And it's just really funny. Like the art style is very adventure time. um, Mm -hmm. Like very like the misadventures of flapjack and the humor in it. Although it's PG, it's very like, it would not surprise me if this like aired on adult swim, like, but it's very much that kind of style and like humor. Uh, The voice of ocean master is done by the same guy who does the voice of master shake from aqua teen hunger force. Nice which is perfect. It's like that annoying, like stupid person who's like, aha, like all the time. Like I got you now Aquaman and thinks like he knows what's going on, but he has no idea what the hell's going on. Well, I, I'm looking at this now and yeah, this is not the animation style I was picturing in my head. Like, holy no, crap. it is. It is very cute. Yeah. And I love that. Like Aquaman's hair is like teal mm-hmm. and there's like, one of like one of the three episodes, like the entire second episode is like Ocean Master steals his trident and like runs away and he's like, oh man. And then everyone's like, oh man, dude, uh, Aquaman got his trident stolen by Ocean Master. Like typical Ocean Master. They're like, man, I love Ocean Master. And like, he's a criminal. And like, yeah, but you know, he really keeps things lively around here. It's like, dude, he almost went to war with the humans like three times. They're like, <laughs> yeah, that's your typical Ocean Master. And so, like, one episode is just him trying to hunt him down to, like, get the trident back. It's so, it's so funny. And like, well, was it worth it? And he's like, uh, and then just kind of, like, leaves it. Like, he doesn't give, like, two shits about it. <laughs> like, it's so funny. Um, but, yeah, it's really short. Like, we watched it, like, one afternoon. And I really hope it gets a second season because it was just really funny and really cute. And they did... My favorite part about it is they they bring into question like a lot of the stuff from like say like the movies and the comics and stuff that mm-hmm. happens and they like raise like yeah why is it this way because there's one scene in episode 1 where you know it's Aquaman's first day and then Ocean Master comes in and he's like I challenge you for the throne and he's like we literally just did this yesterday he's like I fought you yesterday for the throne and today is my first day as king and he's like, fight me. And he's like, dude, I don't want to fight you. And the Atlantean's like, oh, he forfeits then, which means Ocean Master's the new king. <laughs> and then Aquaman's like sitting there. He's like, he can't do that. And he's like, can he do that? And his advisor's like, well, yeah, I mean, you refused his trial by combat. So technically he's now the king again. And Aquaman's like, there really has to be a better way than this. <laughs> like, that this so then he gets up and just smacks him in the head with the trident. And they're like, oh, they're like, uh aquaman has defeated ocean master in combat so now he's the king again (laughs) and like the dude painted his mural and then like was painting ocean master's mural as the new king and it's like half finished and he's like man i really got to make these murals smaller and then draws like a stick figure of aquaman with this trident and it's just like yep he's like i dude he's like dude this keeps happening (laughs) and then in the second episode when he loses his trident the mural guy is like trying to erase the trident from the picture. And he's like, Hey, he's like, stop doing that. He's like, I'm going to get that back. And he's like rubbing it out. <laughs> it's so fun. Like they do so many like fun little callbacks and stuff like that. 
All right. It, I, might, I might have to watch this. Yeah. It's okay to watch with the kids? Yeah, yeah. The, it's like very PG. Like it's not okay. risque in any way. I actually think they think it's hilarious. Yeah. Like there's so many parts where he's like, yeah, he's like, I can talk to fish. And the, everyone's like, yeah, that's weird, but kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> and then he's like constantly eating fish. And like the uh, one dude's like saying there, he's like, so he's like, you talk to fish. He's like, but you also eat fish. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I try not to think about it too hard. And he's like, also, he's like, this fish is delicious. He's like, because it's grilled. And he's like, in Atlantis, all we can do is boil because we're in underwater. He's like, what you don't really think about He's like, until you're there. And then it like zooms in on his face. And he's like, but now it's all you think about. <laughs> so I mean, good. valid point. Valid point. Yeah. You're not, you're not grilling fish. There's well, no like b- every time he's eating fish, he's like, oh my God. He's like, this is, and he always brings it up again. He's like, in Atlantis, all we had, like, we know boiled fish. We get it. Like, I got you. Yes. Boiled <laughs> fish. I, loud and clear. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. All right. I'm, I think you've won me over. I think I'm going to have to check this out. Anytime Master Shake's involved, I'm I'm usually in. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's in every episode, and he's hilarious every single time. Wasn't isn't that guy, wasn't, uh, who's he in Archer? Um, I forget, I forget uh, who he plays. I don't know, if, well, because, I don't know if he's in, because, Bit John, whatever his name is, whatever Benjamin is the voice of Bob and then was yeah. the voice of Archer and he was the voice of Coach McGurk in home movies. Um, yeah. I don't maybe he's not an Archer. It's like such a distinct voice, you know, like that. No, it's one of it those is. Things. And that's the thing is he's like a hundred percent like he does some of the other voices throughout the show too of just like random people, and it's mm-hmm. not his like master shake voice, but for Ocean Master. They were basically like, yeah, just do Master Shake. And it is legitimately Master Shake's voice that he's doing. Because he's he's in uh he does he does a voice in Adventure Time, right? Um, yeah, I think he has done stuff in it. He's done a lot of stuff, yeah. but um like I do Squid think Billies. Yeah, I know he's been in Squid Billies. But yeah. Master Shake, man. Dude. Legend. Legend. Uh man, th- that first like three seasons of Aqua Teen Hunger Force was just like the craziest, funniest damn show. Like so good. It kind of lost the thread there after a while, but originally that show was just genius. No, dude, the first, yeah, the first, uh, cause I actually own, I think up through like season six or seven on DVD okay. and I would relive like anytime I would get like sick and be home from school uh aqua teen and c lab 2021 which i also own on dvd i would just get the stack of dvds and then just chill out in the living room and just watch all of them and yeah seasons one through three season two i think is my all-time favorite uh season of aqua teen and the best episode that i always love is the the drizzle where he's the superhero oh yeah professor shakes like who is the drizzle and he's like yeah who is the drizzle and frylock's like i don't know but this invoice came for him for like five (laughs) hundred dollars that he needs to pay and shakes like yeah i'll uh, i'll forward that over to the uh you know the drizzle layer (laughs) and he's like i know you're the drizzle and he's like what and he's like how he's like i've been getting his mail for weeks (laughs) I, i love uh i love the episode where carl gets the foreigner belt 
Yeah. And and all the superpowers are like songs based off Foreigner. Yeah, like, because <laughs> yeah. I'm hot blooded. Check it and see. Yeah. Like, Anytime the Moon Knights are involved too, like their episodes oh, are always yeah. great. They always corrupt Meatwad. And he's like sitting there, like looking at like a hot rod magazine, and he's like, "Is that a straight six? And he's like, "I think I have a straight six. Damn it! Every time, so good. And now I want to watch all that shit again. Oh man! Well, I believe I think Aqua Teen is on HBO Max. Oh, is it? I think so. They have a lot of the Adult Swim stuff. Yeah, I know. Like I've watched a bunch of uh, Venture Brothers on HBO Max and stuff like that because uh I that for, the, again the first 3 seasons of Venture Brothers fucking genius like I laugh out loud every time did, like, did you ever watch a Moral Oral No I never one watched that one Oh dude that's one of those ones where like if I saw a commercial for it I'd be like dude this looks so fucking stupid like there's no way this is funny but it is hilarious just because he's like a hardcore like Christian and trying to like be the best Christian he can be. And every time it's like, he goes above and beyond to the point where what he's doing is just completely wrong, but he <laughs> thinks he's doing it for the right reasons. Like the one episode or whatever he, uh, like, it's like, Oh, you know, well to like, to please his future wife, he gets a fucking piercing on his dick and it gets oh, infected. Jesus. But he's like a kid and he's like sitting there. He's like, well, you know, I'm just trying to like, you know, eventually when I get married, you know, I'll be able to pleasure my his dad's like, Oh, he's like, moral, come here. <laughs> and he's like, it's okay and like the one time where he wanted these like jesus action figure things mm. and they come with band-aids and so he like wanted more of these action figures but his dad's like well you can't get them until we need more band-aids so then he's like cutting himself oh, like geez. use up the band-aids to get the action figures <laughs> and oh my God. Like... <laughs> that's awful <laughs> oh, shit. well now that we've walked down uh Cartoon Network's greatest hits. Maybe, maybe it's time to to land this plane. We can wrap this up. So, Justin, why don't you uh, lean on in there? God, why the fucking... You know what, guys? Thank you, guys, for listening to another great episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. Uh, if you want to do some spoiler talk on Hawkeye, you know, we got the Discord channel for you. Um, we've been talking about, you want to talk about game awards. If you think anybody was, if you think cyberpunk should have won in their categories, head on over to the discord. Let us know why you think that. And we'll tell you why you're wrong. And, uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, give us a review, let us know what you like, what you don't like, you know, hopefully next week Shannon will be here. So Zach can finally spill, spill his guts about some guardians and mm-hmm. uh, some halo mm-hmm. to someone who's actually been playing both of those games. <laughs> And uh, maybe I know, I know, I know. I will clean up the hard drive on the Xbox and get it downloaded. So then next week I will also be able, and maybe we could even get some multiplayer done, even though I'm sure I'll get dunked on. But uh, sometimes big teams make games that are actually good. I know you, you like to go to the three people made this game a lot. I do. And I I know, but sometimes the triple a titles are really good. And this, these are two I, examples. And I do know it. I was like, I did play the crap out of Gears 5 and mm-hmm. still play it. Still play Horde mode. Still great. And you're still in, and, and, and you you have found the magic of Forza. Finally. I have. I do. I do love just driving around in Forza and doing my little races and speed traps. I don't like playing multiplayer as everybody found out, but mm-hmm. 
you know. But ultimately, you know, Zach, if Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? Robbie would say, man, fuck them kids, bro. And we'll figure out what Justin put in on top of me. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not what Robbie's going to say. <laughs> <laughs>